on this fourth Sunday of Easter as we stand or sit uh, in the light of Easter this year. We're celebrating that at Shambly by attending specifically to God's grace, an awareness of the presence of God's grace in our lives, God's common grace that is common in the sense that it is common among us, that we experience it together, we share it together, it exists among us all, all over the world, and common in the sense that we experience it all the time in all kinds of ways, big and small, whether the sun's shining or the wind is blowing, whether we're sweating or shivering, we live in the light of God's grace. One way that we experience and express God's common grace is in our witness. As we testify to who God is in our lives and in the world. Of course, when you hear words like testify or testimony or witness, maybe you think of a court case or a trial. And there certainly was a high-profile court case this past week in Minneapolis where the accused was found guilty of murdering George Floyd. Now, the testimony of the witnesses no doubt had an impact on the outcome of that trial, along with, of course, the video that captured the events. For anyone who watched that video and and witnessed the gruesome events that it recorded, it was incomprehensible to think that any other verdict would be possible in that trial if it weren't for all the other times that it had. And videos are powerful. They provide the opportunity to witness events as if you were there yourself watching it. Videos give a view of something like hardly anything else does. And the fact is our lives today are so video-based You can stream shows right on your phone, anywhere you are, just about. I'm old enough to remember a time when you couldn't do that. (laughs) You had to be in a certain place at a certain time if you wanted to watch something. The latest social media craze is TikTok. It's just videos showing everything from the latest dances to people bored in their house. Bored in the house and I'm in the house bored. Even sports have become dependent upon video, not just to watch the game or the match, but to make sure that it is played by the rules and they get everything right. I I think about football. Now instant replay has become just a part of football where in order for the referees to make sure they got a particularly difficult call correct, they'll stop the game and go watch it on video. Watch that play and look for what they call indisputable video evidence, which we can all still somehow dispute. Of course, video technology didn't exist in the time of the Bible, so the closest they came to being able to share events and experiences with each other and try to help someone else be where they were when they experienced it or watched it was by telling the stories 
and then eventually by writing them down. That was their testimony, an aspect of their witness to what they had seen. Our scripture for today comes from the book of Acts, which full title is Acts of the Apostles. It's the telling of the story of the actions of those first disciples of Jesus after his death and resurrection. It's a testimony, a witness. We're going to read from Acts chapter 4, and where we pick it up in the story, two of these apostles, Peter and John, had been detained by religious authorities on charges of heresy for teaching and preaching about this resurrected Jesus. Now, the Sadducees, as a religious group, were particularly upset because they didn't believe in a bodily resurrection. They didn't teach a bodily resurrection. And so they put together a committee, a a tribunal of sorts, to examine and for all intents and purposes to squash this heretical teaching of these apostles of the resurrected Jesus. So I want to read for us some of their testimony, Peter and John, and it comes from Acts chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 5 through 12, and this is what it says. The next day, the leaders, elders, and legal experts gathered in Jerusalem, along with Ananias, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others from the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and asked, by what power Or in what name did you do this? Then Peter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, answered, Leaders of the people and elders, are we being examined today because something good was done for a sick person, a good deed that healed him? If so, then you and all the people of Israel need to know that this man stands healthy before you because of the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. This Jesus is the stone you builders rejected. He has become the cornerstone. Salvation can be found in no one else. Throughout the whole world, no other name has been given among humans through which we must be saved. This is the witness, the testimony of Peter and John, that a man who was healed, had been crippled and was healed, was healed in the name of and by the power of the Spirit of Jesus. And they were sharing this witness, this testimony, with those that were gathered around them. You know, how we share news of events has changed drastically over time. It's gone from being verbal where we tell each other things to being written down where we write them down and read them to being now shared on video where we record them and watch them. I wonder what it would be like for us today if they'd had video in the time of the Bible, if they'd had that technology. Would we be watching today videos of Jesus feeding the thousands and and zooming in on the screen to try to figure out just how he did it? Would we be seeing footage of Jesus telling the lame man to pick up his mat and walk? 
What story of Jesus would you want to see video of? You know, there's something about video technology as a development in our society that has, I think has affected the way that we bear witness and that we testify. And it's a bit of a double-edged sword. In this age of enlightenment and reason, we look to video as concrete evidence, as proof. Again, like in football, that indisputable video evidence that we still somehow dispute. But we, we look to video as indisputable evidence, proof. And if you don't have proof, then don't waste your time. Which can feel like a roadblock for a Christian wanting to bear witness to Jesus. But the good news is Christianity isn't about winning a case or proving somebody wrong. It's about bearing witness to who God is in Jesus Christ in our lives. Which is what the Bible is. It's people bearing witness to God in their lives. I think there might be some value for us to move back from video to written to verbal to telling the story to telling our story to bearing witness with our words and with our lives it doesn't mean we can't use video to bear witness we stream the worship service online hello there are plenty of christians naming jesus on TikTok. When we look to Peter and John in the example of this story in Acts chapter 4, they offered healing to a crippled man. And they named Jesus as the source, not only of that man's healing, but in a much greater sense, the source of healing and resurrection to new life for the world. And for that, they got in trouble. They were questioned by the religious authorities. Where do you get this from? What power and in whose name are you doing this and making this declaration, bearing this witness and this testimony? And Peter asked them, are we under fire for doing good for somebody who was suffering and marginalized? Oh, church, don't think for a second that you won't come under fire for doing good for someone who is marginalized or suffering. But do it anyway. And Peter testifies to the goodness, to the grace of God when he says to the people who had questioned him, this man stands healthy because of Jesus. Jesus is new life restoration and salvation. He's the cornerstone of life. This is our witness, our testimony, our story that Jesus heals, restores, and saves. So the followers of Jesus become expert storytellers.
the story of the resurrection of Jesus is where Peter ultimately lands. But the story starts with that crippled man. Praise God. The story starts with the broken, the hurting. How many of our stories, of our testimony, of our experience with Jesus involve our brokenness, our hurting? And Jesus, transforming spirit, healing and restoring and making us new. Tell your story. Witness to the grace of God in Jesus. In one of his many books on the Christian faith, Lynn Sweet, in a book called Nudge, and, and I have to mention Lynn Sweet, he's the mentor in my doctoral program, so I'm contractually required to mention him at least twice a month. I'm kidding. But in a book called Nudge, Lynn Sweet talks about evangelism as telling the story, as Followers of Jesus being expert storytellers. And one place in the book, he says, not only are we storytellers, that we're story catchers and then storytellers. Church, what if the main vocation, our main vocation as followers of Jesus, as Christians, as members and participants of Shambly Methodist, was to catch every story of the grace of God at work and then retell them, all of them, over and over again. What if our identity as Christians means that we are paying attention to where God's grace is is active in our lives and around us and among us, catching those stories and then sharing them with each other and with the world. Just this morning as we were preparing for worship, Herman in the band yelled at me and said, Eric, we found victory They'd been working on a particular part of one of those songs, and they couldn't quite get it down, and they got it. What a joy and a celebration and a testimony to the grace of God, even in that moment of preparation this morning. And you wouldn't even know it because they pulled it off flawlessly. But Herman bore witness of that to me, and I bear witness of it to you. How many stories are there in our lives and around us and among us of God's grace at work, church, our world needs some story catchers and storytellers to bear witness. And in so doing, when we bear witness to God's grace in our lives, to the healing and transforming power of the love of God in Jesus Christ, we experience God's grace again. Have you ever told a good story to somebody? One that has meaning for you? Doesn't it bring it back up? 
in your own heart and in your own mind? Doesn't it stir again inside of you? The beauty and the meaning of that story? You experience it again as you tell it. We experience the grace of God every time we bear witness and tell the story of Jesus in our lives. And I don't know about you, but if you've got a story that you like to tell and you tell it again and again and again, you find yourself even discovering new depths of truth and beauty and goodness in that story as you tell it and you refine it. And it becomes even more meaningful and more powerful for you and for anybody that would hear it. And we experience the grace of God when we tell the story of Jesus in our lives because we get to see that grace then shared with somebody else. The grace of God is multiplied as we bear witness. Not only in our lives, but in the lives of the people that we're sharing it with. Oh, church, may we tell the good news, bear witness to the grace of God in Jesus Christ in our lives. May it be your experience and your story and your witness that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life everlasting. Will you make that a prayer with me this morning? We'll pray together. And even in this moment of praying, of uniting our hearts and our minds together with God,